it's Jewish time, Jewish holidays time. Mm-hmm. New Year. Which one is that? New Rosh Hashanah. Year. Yeah, that's the New Year. Uh-huh. Okay, I don't know any of these holidays. We were yeah. discussing this today at work, and I was like, I don't know. All I know is I don't have to move my car. <sighs> that's the fringe benefit. Um, Someone was asking me what kind of food they have for this one, and I wasn't sure. Is there matzo ball soup at everything? No, that's just kind of what I assumed. No, no, and, that's, th- and then that's when you're sick. You don't have that for every. Oh, you know, occasion. I thought that that was just like the Jewish celebration meal. You Matzo know? ball soup? Yeah. No. What no. about bagel and lox? <sighs> That's verging on racism. Okay. Someone told me, though, and this might be racist, I did not verify, that they can't have hot food on Rosh Hashanah. Is it cold food only? I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I feel like that... Mm, there's a lot of salads and like pickled things. Oh, that sounds kind of good. It seems up your alley. Is Again, there like pickled herring and stuff like that? I could get oh, down I don't with have that. No idea. If there's pickled fish, I'm all in. I mean, I I wonder how Italian you are. I think it's a little more, you know. Well, I'm not that much Italian, and uh-huh. and I suspect the name would like an, um, a word that there's uh that there's a little bit of the Hebe in me. Actually, wait, that's not Hebe. Hebe is not Jew. I thought it was short for Hebrew. Oh, that's what I thought. Okay, wait. I'm getting confused. What do they call non-Jewish people? Goy. Goy. Yeah, I was getting Heeb and Goy confused. Okay. I think I shouldn't say Heeb anymore. No, you Is should not. <laughs> you absolutely should not, especially on a high holiday. Jesus Christ. Okay. Well, I think I have uh, I think I have some of the chosen people in me for sure. Oh, yeah. I wonder if I'm Ashkenazi or Sephardic. I don't know the difference. Ashkenazi. Is that what everybody is? Yeah. Cause, yeah. What's the other one? I want to be it's that a one. a little darker than khaki. Oh, it seems more special to be that one. It's rarer, yeah. Yeah. So there was two tribes, and then what happened? How did they well, have One a... was called Quest, and then, you know... Mm. I didn't like that joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. Don't move your cars. Everyone is acting like, you know, the entire city is off for two days of work, so everyone's just acting a fool out in public, and I'm like... <sighs> what do you okay. mean they're off? Nobody gets this day off. People, well people who have like kids they don't have school so they have to take off work like it's just oh that's true the new york schools give off all the holidays all the holidays man i wish i went to school here that's so many more holidays than we got growing up they don't really do um or no not that they don't really they don't do snow days anymore because it's just okay you're doing learning at home today Ooh, i never thought about that what a bitch oh Oh, that's that's gotta suck brutal growing up now they're just gonna do school from home no such thing Uh uh-huh Oh, that's horrible. I feel so bad for kids. I know. Now I'm like, as an adult, I'm like, yeah, sick. I just go to work, find out it's closed and go, okay. Then drive through a blizzard back home and fire up a hot toddy at 10 in the morning. That same principle must apply to certain uh, adults now, too. Remote workers? No such thing as snow days. Oh, yeah, no snow days. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't really have, I mean, if it was snowy, they were just like, I'm working from home today. I'm I'm not schlepping in. Yeah, that's true. I guess that was always true. But, you know, every once in a while, it's getting rarer and rarer these days in our heightening climate. But, mm. you know, getting a New York snow day is nice. It's the only city in the world that does that. I know. There ain't great. no such thing as that in Cleveland or anywhere else. If you have your own personal vehicle, you know, safety be There's damned. sometimes you're snow days. To work. I don't think so. I remember in college, like, the mall was closed one day and I was on my way to work and went and it was closed and no one told me. So I got paid for it. Oh, nice. Because I, I schlepped. And they're like, oh, we didn't call you. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, you didn't. Thanks. Mm, yeah. Dicks. They just figured you'd find out. You'd take all know. the you'd take all the risk. And at the end of the day, you'd still find out. I got my $8 an hour mm-hmm. for that whole shift. Ooh, baby. 
Ooh, yeah. Well, anyway. <sighs> well, we're back in the studio. Back yeah, in that's the office. Right. Welcome back. It to is nice to have an arm. G807, Camper and the Hound. <laughs> Can we not That's our morning radio <laughs> show. <laughs> What'd you say? I missed the end of, of what you just said. Uh, maybe certain numbers people don't need to know. Oh. Well, it was it was a clever illusion. Mm-hmm. You know, do the math. <sighs> okay. Why am I the hound, first of all? Excuse me. I, I took to calling you the hound at the end of our trip because you love to sniff out food and turn left. Yeah. You know? So now you're the hound. I just referred to myself as the truffle pig. Well, that's a little grosser. Yeah. And, you know, I guess cuter in a certain way, but the hound also has, like, sexual implications. <sighs> you know? You're the hound in more ways than one. I mean, pigs also, that's also what, you know. Truffle, oh, yeah, the Lil Wayne, Nicki Minaj song. What? That's not good. I don't know anything about that. Never mind. Don't look it up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. She's a straight up motherfucking dick pig. Yeah. um, Ew. Yeah, it's gross. (sighs) Don't talk like that on this special holiday for my people. Never mind. I was going to say the word that you were saying, and I was like, <laughs> you know, never mind. No, it won't come from. You my- were going to use it in a bad way, <sighs> not in a naive way. You were going to use it in a sharp, pointed, At you, hateful not- way. <laughs> no. Someone call the American Civil Liberties Union. Great. Will's out of control over here. <laughs> He's letting the sl- slurs fly. Yeah, I've got, you know, a collared shirt, a gold chain, and light denim on. I might as well, you know, let the redneck yeah, fly. Yeah, you, you might as well be on Arthur Avenue. You'd be shouting down all the queers and all the hebes. Oh boy! You know, I have some good food. I mean, I shit. was reading about a. Uh, y- you ever seen the Ken Burns Civil War documentary Definitely series? Not. Well, there's a guy in that named Shelby Foot. Oof! What a name! Who is a, name. a historian of the, of the South? I mean, mm. ostensibly he's a historian of the Civil War in general. Mm-hmm. But you know, this documentary was made in 1990 when we weren't so PC about everything. And you can tell his sympathies oh boy. Still? lie incredibly with the South. Yeah, Still waiting for it to rise, huh? And uh, Ken Burns is coming out with a new documentary series right now uh-huh. about the Holocaust. Oh, boy. So I was doing a little reading about Ken Burns, and I got on this jag about Shelby Foote because I remembered him. You know, mm-hmm. he has like he has like a Southern gentleman's voice, and he talks about Robert E. Lee like he'd love to give him a hand job. You know, it's all like... He might. He's, yeah. he's very loving in his portrayal of the South. And then so I checked out his Wikipedia page, uh-huh. and you know... It turns out that uh yeah, he was he was a pretty bad guy. Okay. Like he didn't do anything bad, but he, he my my favorite line was he said he was like, you know, the early clan, they uh were mostly anti-Catholic and anti-Semitic. They really didn't have much to do with the negro. And I was like, um, oh, that boy. is not that's true. Not, <laughs> that's I a, how's that better? How how we <laughs> yeah, how no, how we painting that as better and sir, you are lying to yourself. At, at the time that was, you know, that was like his justification. And in 1990, you could just let that fly. He won like a MacArthur Genius Grant in the 50s. We've given this the, guy. Well, here's the thing. We've given those to a lot of terrible people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, how many, a lot of people, a lot of people got those. They don't need them. They don't need them. I don't know. Anyway, check out Shelby Foote oh, if you're boy. into some like really anachronistic, weird racism. If like, you <sighs> held over from the 19th century. If you, you know? want to see, you know. Not a shred of irony to it. Human foghorn leghorn. Yeah, he is a human foghorn leghorn. It's very true. I find myself slipping into that voice, not the racist one, but the foghorn voice when I get really tired at work. I'm like, y'all gather around. I want to hear hear what you're doing. I want to get this done, and I do want to leave on time. 
Do you find that effective? How do your employees respond to a Southern gentleman making an appearance? They're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I go, (laughs) see, see, I don't know. I don't know. It's just in there. And you know, the cast of characters, it's Mm. that or Muppet voice. Mm. Mm -hmm. I go full Kermit. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm sure they think that's hilarious. They're like, what the fuck? Yeah. (laughs) Try to keep it, keep it fresh. Keep it spicy. Yeah. Well, anyway, what the hell's up, man? We've been back for a week. Uh-huh. We've returned to America. Coming Oof. to America 3. Let me tell you about jet lag. Yeah, did you have it? Oh, oh, baby. Did I ever. I was psychotic for two straight days. Yeah, I had it pretty bad, too. I wouldn't say I was psychotic, but, um, you know, there is that demented feeling of, like, my mind is definitely not in, on the same page as my body right now. Oh, no. No, yeah. no, no. They were not. No talkies. No talkies. Um, because I did not give myself the grace period day like a dumbass. Yeah. And I went to work at 1 p.m. New York time, so just add 7. So I was going to work at 8 p.m. Right. And leaving at mm, 4 in the morning. Ugh, yeah, brutal. Yeah, I was not nice, and I was fully loopy and was like, guys, I don't know what I'm doing. They're like, what? I'm like, mm-mm, don't ask me for shit. Yeah, I mean. You cannot trust me right now. That night that we came back, by the time I actually laid down to bed, it was close to midnight. Uh-huh. So that was about seven in the morning, our, yeah. our European time. And uh, I thought this will be great because I kind of stayed up the whole plane flight and I thought I'd get right back on schedule. And I ended up waking up at like, like springing up at 530 in the morning because okay. my body thought it was noon. Yeah. Even though I'd only slept for like four or five hours, oh, yeah, I woke it up was at like, 6 oh, it's yeah. the middle of the day. You need to get up now. I woke I up at like, 6 a.m. Oh, yeah. come mm-hmm. on. Like, no. And my mind was like, no, you're still tired. But my body was like, no, you can't sleep now. Yeah. And I tossed and turned and I kind of like muddled through. But yeah, that lasted well into Thursday. I would say uh-huh. through Wednesday, I was at work. Thursday, I was human again. Yeah. In the afternoon, I was like, I'm sorry, guys. I'm dragging ass. There is just nothing I can do about it. It feels very late to me right now. Well, I forgot that I have a standing two, Tuesday 9 a.m. conference call. So I didn't even get to sleep in. Oh, yeah. And I just I just said, okay. And just dra- I said, okay, we're doing it. And then I dragged my ass to Gim mm-hmm. like a psychopath, which let me tell you, Chief and Siggy's for ten days and Ooh. hard hard drinking. Whew. Um things were difficult. Yeah, I'm sure they were. Did you feel weaker on the machines? Or was it just the cardio difficult? Or both? The machines were fine. Yeah. I, I like got a quick pump real fast. I was like, yeah, I'm back in America. I can eat more food because I don't have a dilettante guiding me around who doesn't allow me to eat. <laughs> well, you did famously call me a woman for not wanting to finish my baguette. Yeah, you need sustenance in the morning. I mean, that's a lot of sustenance in the morning. Even you have to admit, a full sandwich like that, nobody small. wakes up and eats. It was not small. It was It was a Subway footlong. It was a Jared. Well, I don't know what to tell you. It was a Jared dingus, first thing in the morning, and nobody wants to take that. Speak for yourself. <laughs> um, I thought of it as a polite snack. Um so no it was you know it was very good and you were right i didn't want to be a woman i needed to finish it but yeah you know i've been actually experimenting with this since we got back i've been trying to eat a little bit more especially early in the day Uh but i can't tell if it's helping or not does it help your energy levels do you not need three thousand? i actually i actually do think it does yeah i'm pretty good about coffees i don't really pound coffees on work days anyway but it's not even that i do feel like i have a sustained level of energy i do not feel like i'm crashing yes The, the waves don't come as hard yeah you know, so I'm, what I'm trying to do now is actually eat a breakfast at home mm-hmm. and then eat a small stack, snack when I get to work instead of eating a small snack at work as breakfast. No, yeah, no, That's no, what no. I used to do. I used to have one spicy chicken stick 
around uh, 9.30 a.m. It's not enough protein. And that was my breakfast. Well, it's packed with protein. It's a spicy chicken stick, man. No, you need more. <laughs> you need more protein than that. No. You need a lot more for brain and body. <laughs> for, brain. for brain, you need a lot of protein, and you need it for body, too. I don't know. I don't think so. Okay, well, here's... But the... I'm experimenting with that now, and it does seem better. I'm trying to agree with you here. Yeah, get on the overnight oats game, man. Hmm. Uh, no, Put I some don't... yogi in there, some little protein. You know, powder. I've been making a piece of toast with a piece of salmon on it. God, you are a woman. For breakfast. Oh. Or I've been having uh, toast with hummus on it. One time I had toast what with avocado. What white avocados. woman on a diet <laughs> bullshit are you trying to do here? I mean, the toast is a big step for me, man. I'm having carbs in the morning. What the hell? I mean, you can't do that. That's bad for you. It's fine. No, 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 no. You can't have carbs. You don't need carbs for brain. I have... Maybe you do. I mean, I have oats in in the almond milk with the, you know, two spoonfuls of yogurt when the berries. Uh-huh. And the protein powder. That's brekkies every day. Wow. That's a in a little pint container. That's a solid breakfast. Huge. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Huge if true. Um, does wonderful things. I think it's mostly the berries. The berries are good for brain. Uh not the frozen ones are kind of They're sapped of all their nutrients yeah. by Trader Joe's, you know. The cartoon elves Industrial that work under there. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, the yeah. Keebler elves of Trader Joe's. Trader yeah. Jose and uh, Trader, Trader Giotto, Giotto yeah. are under mm-hmm. there yeah. cooking it up. Mm-hmm. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, yeah, you got to eat more. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I'm trying. I'm trying to eat more now. I'm trying to eat more now, but it, it, but it's a, it's a challenge. I don't like it. I like eating more in the first part of the day. I really don't like dinner. I really got to say, I've, I've become very antagonistic towards dinner. I think that's huge. They tell you that that's a healthier lifestyle. You're supposed to basically, in terms of your day, reverse the typical American diet. Yeah. Larger breakfast, medium-sized lunch, small dinner. Yeah. I have a very hard time with this. I like a big dinner. Gotta I, have it. Here's the thing. I had big dinner today, but even that was like greens that and rice. That was not a big dinner. I ate the whole bowl of... You ate the whole bowl of rice? Damn, yeah. that's a lot of rice. Yeah. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. It was great. Yeah, but you you know, you basically had a salad and rice. That's not a big yeah. deal. It was a vegetarian dinner, too. No, there was steak in it. Oh, there was. Yes. Okay. Um, but yeah, I know, I know if you're feeling antagonistic towards dinner, Hey, that's a good thing. I, I think that's a healthier lifestyle. Like dip dinner is actually not the be- the worst thing. You're just like hmm, having a little bit, maybe a little salmon, like a little salmon dip, get a little protein, a little extra, Uh huh. some hummus, even more. And then a little fatty, little fatty cream, cream dip mm. and you're done. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm tired of having to grocery sh- shop so religiously. So I, I've been a big fan lately of just trying to make do. I just look around and I'm like, what ingredients do I have? Okay, right. that's dinner. Yeah. I'm not ever, I don't want to go out of my way for it anymore. No. It's not fun. No, it's just, it's really not. It's also like another task at the end of the day. Exactly. Do I want to do more shit? No. no, I want to, I want to not. I do not want to do more shit. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. Ugh. Yeah, I did have a horrifying experience of coming back to America. One of the very first things I did was go to Trader Joe's. Why and I was like, you, man, yeah. I'm trapped in a basement. Uh-huh. All of the uh, you know culture war of America is back. We have the masked cashiers and the uh, you know rich Williamsburg thoughts because it was the middle of the day on a Tuesday, and I was like, I don't like this dynamic. I don't yeah, like ain't this nobody place. got a job in there at that point. It wasn't yeah. great. Yeah, mm-hmm. nobody had a job in there except for the people with jobs. Yeah, who were all like you know psyoped into being terrified for their health. Yeah, and not like. You know, just not very accommodating. Trader Joe's used to be a place where people would make conversations. I, to- I told you that that place just has bad vibes. It really does. The Williamsburg it's one. It's just has bad, bad vibes. It is. It's I think bad. it's haunted. Maybe some, you know, burial ground nonsense. I don't know. Well, I mean, imagine, imagine working in a basement. 
Yeah, you don't you see know. sunlight. You ain't got to be Stonewall Jackson. No, you don't want to fight in a basement. What? Anyway. Okay. Um. Yeah, it's just, it is bad vibes in there. I think I'm gonna just go back to the to Court the Street. Court Street one because you know the, our experience of going to that neighborhood was always so pleasant mm-hmm. that I'm like, you know what? It's actually worth the extra time and the you know torturous labor of finding a parking space. But it's, it's better, better. It's a better environment. It's better. You have the wine store next door. That's if true. you want to like not buy lunch at the grocery store, you can go to Chipotle <laughs> or Sweet Green. Well, you got the butcher over there. You got the seafood store over there. Bon Migos, if you want to really treat yourself. If you end up parking far away, you can sometimes, when the weather's nice, encounter n- nice rich people stuff that they leave out on their stoops. Oh, yeah, it's great. Books. Treats. You know, treats. So many treats. There's just free treats everywhere from the riches. And if you want to like go pay for a treat, you can go drive down to the antique store. Yeah, so I'm committed to going over there now and really trying to only do this maybe once every other week I'm, I'm really trying to get it to the point where i don't even have to do it on weekends if i don't want i kind of can't because the greens you just the greens. burn through those but i think that's the thing that you can just go to big food bazaar and be like well, whatever that's for sure but they're also like five times as expensive there but you can get the giant tub you know like the big one the hey big man, clamshell th- there's shrinkflation everywhere even the big clamshell the last time i got it one i paid like eight dollars yeah. for it and it was like a third of the size that it used to be mm. they just don't fill it up as much oh, it used well. to be jam-packed yeah. and now it's like you know it's like somebody picked like a, a couple of leaves off a thing of parsley and like shook them up and put them in a giant plastic bin it's That's not very basically good. what they did yeah yeah uh-huh um yeah i don't know it's uh rough um Let's talk about, you know, the New World Order um, vaccine that I have in my arm that is itching the shit out of me right now. Oh, yeah. You got hit hard by uh, the monkeypox, huh? Yeah. The third nipple on my arm that grew. Yeah. I don't even know why you got that at this point. As we discussed off the mic, I mean, Pride Month is over, so monkeypox isn't a thing anymore. Yeah. You know, we could not stop the gays from sucking and fucking. In spite of the government's best efforts, they just could not be stopped. Well, they were like the Germans they kinda coming did. through they all They kind of did. I mean, they, they did cool it, but it was also that cooling it coincided with, well, it's July and we don't do that anymore. Yeah. And it just it just totally dropped off the news palette. I haven't seen a monkeypox headline in no. two months now. Yeah, because it's over. Because it turns out it was not fatal anyway. And I, I don't know why, I think like just... It's just gross. I it's don't know. just one of these things that like from now on, every minor disease, there's just going to be a giant campaign for vaccination. Well, there was a I like checkbox of like booster and I was like, I'm not doing that. No, no, no. You get me for two and you get me for nothing else. Do you think anybody is going to do that? No, fuck no. I don't think shit. so. Um, especially after like, it like was a three inch diameter on my arm at its height. Yeah, you sent me that picture, and it was. It was really... I mean, I didn't see it quite that big. I sent you the picture? I think you did, yeah. I just showed it to you yesterday. Oh, maybe you just showed it to me. Yeah. No, you showed it to me uh, uh, virtually at some point, too. I swear to God. Mm, I don't think so. I don't send you pictures Maybe of, I'm of having a body. false memory. Yeah, you usually don't do that. That's true. Anyway. Um, yeah, not good. No, it's You know, gross. well, because the U.S. did it wrong. I, did I ever talk about this on the podcast? I don't know. At the time, it was kind of an, an insane thing that was going under the radar. For whatever reason, the CDC and the Biden administration said, we're going to do the monkeypox vaccine in two doses. I think that's just because they thought the they public thought is they, stupid. They were also running out. They didn't have that many. They got bullshit, used to yeah. this over COVID. Also, we don't have enough, so we'll just split it up or whatever. The b- manufacturer of that vaccine was like, hey, United States, that is not how it's administered. If right. you continue to do this in two doses, we're never selling you vaccines on a large scale ever again. Oh, God. 
and I never followed up on this. I don't know if they made good on that threat, but like maybe part of the reason you had an adverse reaction is that's not how you're supposed to do it. You're supposed to just get, get one it, shot. It's not supposed to be subdermal. It's supposed to be in the muscle. Yeah. And they're like, well, we're doing it this way. And I was like, just, but I got the other one the right way. Yeah. And they're like, eh. And I'm like, ma'am, the nice Filipino nurse did hold my hand because she thought I was going to pass out on the thing. Just because I did my usual, you were hi, needle, needles. Needles, needles be scary. I'm looking over there and she's like, don't faint on me. Please. I'm like, how many people have fainted? How many little queens have dropped dead? Wow. Like, wow, she's over there holding the hands of all the gays. She's the Princess Diana of the monkeypox vaccine line. The Princess Diana of, of uh, East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. We got into it. She was, I, well, you had to like wait for someone to fill the vial and then it was brought over on a tray. I was like, y'all got snacks too? Like, what are we doing? Hmm. Bottle service, please? Yeah, you you were saying that that experience overall was kind of weird, right? It was awkward. I did not enjoy. Um, again, Why was it the with the clientele? Was it the people in the, the clientele? Line? When like, I, who's in a monkeypox dose two line in October? That's there, what I, I mean. Know. There, there's like you know the people who are clearly doing it as an errand. So I was in my full gym kit because I was like, I'm trying to get shit done today. Um, plus, if I am wearing it, then I will be forced to go. Um, so there was like three of us doing that. And then, like, the bitchiest, loudest queen's going, like, are you sure that's the way I have to do it? My friend said that it had an adverse, it was a chorus of this. And, like, this dude was giving so much, and they had you, like, face other desks. And I was like, I don't like this one bit. Um, cause the, Wait, so you had to look another gay in the eye? Like, diagonal, like, kitty really? corner. And I was like, uh. That's very intrusive. I'm surprised didn't like they it. set it up there. Did I mean, I think that leads to the antagonism of, like, it's why like a parent-teacher so- conference. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah. Um. So this one across from me is like giving this poor guy the fucking ringer and I get this nice sweet lady and I'm like, we're just making each other laugh over bullshit because we're human and we're like, this is stupid. Um, and then I just hear like, so he's given, you know, this guy the business and then I hear another one given another person. Business. I don't want to do it that way. I need it the other way. Like, I'm like, these people do not give a shit. These are med students and people trying to make a, a fucking shitload of money in a short amount of time hmm, yeah like why are you this way again well also uh, yeah I, I don't know sometimes i'm like eh, we don't need rights you know well yeah we, we've talked about this subscribe to the patreon if you really want to hear it <laughs> <laughs> you really want to hear our retrograde attitudes towards the gay rights um, <laughs> well. um but you know like it bothers me just even hearing about it because i'm like all all of a sudden there's skepticism around these things huh and they need to be done a certain way. I don't know. Yeah, I like, don't know. Like, come on, guys. I literally was like, I don't know. I, I don't know what the bad thing would be to not get the full dose. Right. I don't think anything would happen. Mm, it's probably fine. And I'm like, what am I really doing? Am I uh, whoring in these streets anymore? Papa's old and shit. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, um, hey, it, I mean, hopefully it's not going to hurt. I mean, you know. It's mostly just because Gim, I'm like, Ugh, the surfaces that no one wipes down. Yeah, 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 yeah. You never know. It's disgusting. But I don't think it's the type of thing that's you know, spread through contact. I think we determined that. Do eventually. we just do the thing like as a culture where they're like, oh, it seems a little gay as a disease, so it must be on toilet seats and everything just to scare the straights and the moms in Omaha? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It's very toilet seat problem, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh my God, you're going to get the AIDS from sitting on the toilet seat, the turlet seat. Well, as we learned with uh, COVID, I think everybody just doesn't know at first. Even though... Just common sense would tell you otherwise. You know, now it's complicated because I'm willing to go along for the ride for a few weeks if we don't know, so just be extra cautious. Okay, fine. But, like, 
I don't know. After a few weeks when it's pretty clear that, like, for example, heterosexual women are simply not getting this, I think you can be pretty certain that it's not spread through toilet seats at that point. And I need some of these... Just anecdotally. Yeah, and I need some of these white women landlords to cool their jets about posting about things like that. What are you talking about? It's just one person, but, you know, figure it out. Okay, I think I figured out who it is, but I don't know what they posted is what I'm saying. It was like a bug bite, and I was like, mm-hmm, not monkey pox, and I was like, you dumb bitch. Oh, geez, okay. It's like, get a spray booth. Go back in your spray booth, whore. Um, <laughs> is that bad to say? Well, yeah. Well, you know, hey. It seems like uh, she's done everything in her power to earn the scorn, so. People like her. Yeah. I don't get it. Um, anywho, um, so yeah, I, you know, the medical industrial complex, not a fan. Um, so is this the last time it's going to get you, do you think? Next time there's a scare, like in four months, the next time yeah. there's a new thing that people have to get a vaccine for, I mean, what's your limit here? I think like, you know? I'm I'm always done with the boosties. I'm like, no, 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 I don't do boosties. I've never gotten a flu shot. I don't want it. If you get the flu, you get two days off of work. Honestly, win. Don't. Like you get a little sympathy and some soup and yeah, you're fine. Yeah. Well, and it's always been one of those things that doesn't even really quite work. Like I feel like people that get flu shots are sicker more often than people that don't. I got the flu last November or the November before. I don't know. I got it once. Well, no, you didn't. If you got it in the last couple of years, it was definitely COVID and not the flu. No, it wasn't. because The I, flu mysteriously I, disappeared for years. No, I got a COVID <laughs> test because I was like 103 degree fever and was like, yeah, yeah. uh... Um, and they were like, no, it's not COVID. And I was like, but I feel crazy. And they're like, you're fine. You just need water and sleep. And I said, okay. Yeah. I mean, getting the flu is not fun, but I've gotten the flu like twice in my life. I don't know. It seems it's actually a great time. It seems fine. You just sweat. Yeah. Have some Gatorade. Mm -hmm. Chill the fuck out. Yeah. It always comes at a really great time when you're like, I'm really stressed out. And you're like, I really just needed to sleep for two days. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Oh Yeah. Oh my god! When when I got the flu when we lived over on Quincy, I seriously slept for like almost seventy two hours. I mean, I, I, I woke up this, like yeah. deliriously a couple of times for maybe like a few minutes at a time, but it was basically a continuous sleep of like three days. I think I remember. Felt this. amazing. I was like, at the I end. was like, I think he's dead. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it was it was horrible. Like. As far as an average illness goes, it was the sickest I've ever been. Oh. I mean, I've been in worse shape when I've like had other serious medical problems, but like just from like, you know, a sickness, it was oh. by far the sickest I've ever been. Yeah. I've never gotten to that point. But before. if you're just sleeping through it, yeah, how bad is it? Yeah, you're sweating, you're sleeping. It's yeah, it could be worse. You just burn sure. the sheets afterwards. Mm-hmm. You're like, great, feel good. A lot of people talk about getting the flu and it comes out both ends. That I can't imagine. I can't imagine. I had that happen once. Tired yeah. and also vomiting and having diarrhea. That would suck. I've never had both ends simultaneously. That would be. A I think terrible I only vomited uh, once with it. But not when the, I had the flu, the I didn't time. have any like uh, digestive problems. I just had trapdoor diarrhea. Mm. Oof. Where you like don't trust anything. Maybe a dysentery. I don't think so. Hmm. I always like to like to think that I have scurvy because I don't have enough citrus. Oh, I would love to get scurvy. Oh. The pirate's disease. Yeah. Yeah. But then I have I have orange juice like once a week, so I think it's fine. Yeah, I think it's kind of hard to get scurvy. These it really days, is. Yeah. You know, we have nutritional food. Yeah, more or less. Or you have a tequila soda. There's a lime in there. You know. <sighs> I did have a. 
gin tonic that had this lovely like lemon liqueur in it too. Hmm. Delightful. And then I was like, I'm hammered. Um, but yeah, I mean, returning to hard liquor because we didn't really like have yeah. much of that over there in Europe. It was it was all wine all the time or beer in the UK. Yeah. I miss the three percent beer. Yeah. I guess. You're more of a beer guy than me. But I don't it wasn't really... very bloaty. It was all no. fairly flat. Yeah. You know, like yeah, I yeah. liked it. I was like, this is great. I want more of that here. But now everything's, I'm an IPA and I'm going to fuck you sideways. And you're like, ah! No, oh. it's true. Yeah, because life in America is depressing. This place is a dump. People are trying to get yeah. fucked up. You know what I mean? I know, but what if you're not? There's what nothing if you're like... like cordial about it. It's supposed to be debaucherous and crazy. I have been taking to like having a beverage and a little, little, little private ciggy out on the stoop. Ooh, yeah. I'm I'm really avoiding the temptation to get back into cigarettes. I'm leaving the pack there to make me stronger by denying it. Mm. But don't leave it too long. I'll find it. I do. Oh, hound, hound will. Yeah, the hound will sniff that shit out. But I have to keep not bringing it with me. Oh. I think about it every time I have like a place to go. Like last yeah. night I went out for drinks and I was mm-hmm. like, this is the perfect opportunity to chief the whole rest of this pack right. in one go. And I was like, no. Oh, you it gotta, feels really bad. You yeah, got to no. leave it alone. I'm trying to like, I'm doing the tapering thing of like, because I noticed my, my throat was tore up from the floor up from going hard to none. And I was like, oh no, we got to taper. Because it's like, <sighs> like as your throat lining is oh, yeah. rebuilding, you're like, why does everything hurt? No, I feel like I'm back to 100% now, but the the hard boozing and the smoking the cigarettes and just all of the travel, it really wore me down. As soon as we came back, I got herped up big time. <laughs> I had chapped lips for the last two days, and then immediately when we got off the plane, I was like, I feel it. On our whole drive back to New York in You're the just car, I'm like, out. I know it's coming. Mm-hmm. I can feel it. And then sure enough... I thought I had one, and it turned out to be three. Jesus Christ. All on my bottom Ugh. lip. It was so horrifying to have to go to work and be like, yep, I'm back from Europe. Look at my herped lip. Ew. Welcome. It's all bleeding and crazy. I mean- I'm ev- finally getting over it now. I mean, but it's like a 10-day experience when this happens, Ugh. and every, I hate it. Every ingrown hair decided to come to a head. Oh, don't even get on me started beard. on skin, man. Holy Ooh, shit. Baby. I had-, I had um, a bunch of acne where my backpack was oh, for a lot of the trip. Yeah. I had it on my thigh. How? I, I was just breaking out like crazy. I mean, seriously, when your body goes across an ocean and it's just like in a new place and you don't get that much rest the entire time. I mean, let's be honest. We had like two or three days where we slept in, yeah. but like we were going hard the entire time in every possible respect. That's true. So it, I was worn the fuck out by the time we got back and, you know, I am feel like I'm getting back to an even keel it I have feels this, good yeah i have this problem where people are like how was it i'm like i'm tired and they're like what i'm like it was not restful okay it was traveling it wasn't vacation that's right yeah yeah again what do we like vacation mm-hmm. not traveling um but i'm like okay i've gotten to the point actually where i'm kind of um i'm trying to be nice about this and generous but like i'm getting tired of ta- talking about it great um, I love the experience. I loved our trip. We, you know, logged it here over the course of mm-hmm. 3.5 episodes um, pretty well. I'm satisfied with that. But, like, being asked about it and kind of having to repeat yourself a lot is yeah. starting to wear on me. That's why I sent you as the canary to tell the stories at dinner party. I'm, like, I'm not. Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah, cannot yeah. do that. I'm so sorry. Man, dinner party was fun. Ulrika made Swedish meatballs. I know. Which fine. I've never had in an authentic sense, Just I don't Ikea? think. Just Ikea? Just mm-hmm. Ikea or, like, you know... 
Midwestern 1990s oh. cooking out of a box, oh, no, no, which no, I no, always no. hated them at that time. Yeah. Um, but man, it was really good. And I learned that the secret is, is that you deglaze the pan every time you fry the meatballs and add that to the gravy. I don't fuck with a meatball, so I don't so, really know what to tell holy you. Holy shit, was it delicious! And apparently, in Sweden, if you're if you're real, if you're a real motherfucker, if you're a real OG, you drop a little cube of moose bullion because <laughs> everybody hunts moose, and you get the moose bone marrow going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in, okay, we're talking. Okay, we're speaking my language in now. your uh, meatball sauce. So yeah, I had a nice time. I got really, I got really fucked up, and I was kind of embarrassed. The I know next I have, day. A, I have a picture of you, um, from the evening that I was like, my friend is so hammered. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I was, I was, really I was drunk. like, you are not. That's a little mean, <laughs> dude. I even got the warning from Bay. She was like, "Are you sure you want another one? You told me to warn you." And I was like, "I'll be fine." Oh, you were me. Yeah. Oh, great. Okay, good. And uh, I drank anyway. But but then I learned the next day that it wasn't just me. Which is always a nice feeling. Oh, everybody ham ham? Everybody was laid up the next day. Oh. And I was like, oh, I knew I was too drunk, but like, I feel great. What's wrong? Oh, I got ham ham Saturday night and fully like rolled into work like, hi. Oh. Hello. Jeez. I'm glad I didn't have to work, but you know, I started building it. I started building a new toy. Yeah, your tank. My new tank. Did you see it in the box? I'm keeping it in the box. That's why the box is here. Oh, it's in that box? The, yeah, the tank gets stored in the box oh, between oops. sessions. I, I did shake it because I was like... You why shook is, it? Why is it closed? Oh, you did it not. It was open for so long and I was like, why is it closed? Did now? you seriously shake it? Yeah, and then I opened it up and it was like, oops. Oh, no. I don't know what's in there. It's very fragile right now. I really <laughs> hope you didn't break anything. <laughs> I'm sorry. In the tank. Oh, God. How hard, <laughs> did, how hard did you shake it? Okay, it should be fine. It's not like a, there's really delicate It's not like parts a screaming baby that I was trying to quiet. Hey, man, look, I mean, I had to take little tiny tweezers and glue in all the antenna and stuff. Using the, my tweezers? The gun, yes, I am. I'll get my own eventually, but I was in a, I was in a, between a rock and a hard place. There's two pairs of tweezers. You have to improvise. Okay. You know? I don't need them for everything. I just need them to hold the tiniest of the tiny Yeah, but pieces. I need them to pluck my ingrown hairs out of my face. Okay. All right. Well, I'll put them back. Let's not have the like gluey thing no, get, there's, getting there's into no, my open sores. There's no glue on them. I'm very careful with the glue. You have to be careful with the glue. Okay. It melts the plastic together. So if you're uh, too liberal with the glue, you're going to have battle damage where you don't want it. Oh, it's that like, is it out of that really thin needle applicator? Uh, no, it's it's a brush applicator. Oh, that's um, a lot. But it, it, but it is like a special kind of glue that melts plastic. Yeah. That's what it does. That's what you get when you're building plexi boxes and you're just... Yes, it's that stuff. Oh, Basically, that's You stuff. don't have the needle? No, although that's a very good idea. I mean, I haven't really invested in my model making. I need to, I need to get more okay. stuff for that. But I'm very excited about this tank. Although I keep making the mistake of, of making light tanks. So at a 1 to 35 scale, a light tank is very, very little. Whereas uh-huh. if you were to build a heavy tank, for example, like a Tiger or a large Sherman, um, everything's a little bit bigger, so it's a little easier to deal with. And I keep and sitting here little... with my little file sanding these tiny tracks and these little parts, yeah. and I'm like, oh, man, I'm trying to work at an expert level, but I'm not quite there yet. Mm. Can't wait to do the winter camouflage on this. I already have my narrative for my tank. That's very important when you're modeling to construct a narrative. Ladies for, and gentlemen, now the autist is speaking. Um, you have to construct a narrative for uh, where your tank was, uh-huh. you know, perhaps what regiment did it, it was in, what battles uh-huh. it may have been at, so that you can accurately determine what kind of equipment and okay. uh, accoutrement you need to include or not include on the tank. Mm-hmm. I'm still undecided as to whether or not to include the pickaxe and the shovel. I haven't decided if my crew would have lost those. 
at this point in the war. Although the archival materials hey, that readers, I've been collecting... how are you feeling with this diatribe? How are you, how are you feeling about <laughs> it? I know how I feel. Do I speak for the trees? I might. Yeah. Okay, so so you're you know you're diving in. Oh God, thank goodness you have a studio soon. Okay, well, great. you know I don't have it as soon as I thought. It got oh. pushed back a month. Oh, damn it! Um, because of uh, closing issues at the other person's new space. So Black I, box I it. that's okay. why I started building my truck because truck or tank. Ree calls it a truck just to make me mad. So now I've I've kind of like reclaiming the N word. I've had to take the term truck and Christ. and make it a happy place for myself so that I don't get fucking pissed off when people call it a toy and a truck. It's not a toy. <laughs> it's not a toy. It's a model and it's model armor. Okay. okay. Maybe getting into the specifics after that, <laughs> not helping your case. I just gotta say, like, you just gotta know when you take the L, but you can just be like, listen, a model's a little different. Thank you so much. I respect your your jabs, but I am uh, above this and I shan't. Mm. Well. And then you tip your uh, fedora and you say, milady, I leave. Mm. In any case, uh huh. I'm I'm working on the truck because I have time to do that now. Oh, okay. But now it's gotten me in the mode where all I do all day on my lunch break at work is scour eBay for new new tanks. Okay. I found a pretty good deal on a mid-production Tiger today. thirty-seven ninety-nine with free shipping. Buy it now option too. The kit's been opened, but it does appear to be complete. Decals as well. <laughs> I'm not here for Spectrum talk, I gotta say. It's a little... It's a headspace that I... <laughs> truly haven't seen in a really long time and it's kind of thrown me for a loop um i mean i just want to i mean i only have two two topics uh, apparently thin is back in what does that mean kim kardashian skinny so it's kate moss season abound you know there no was more no more hips no more titties hmm. there was an article for her that's going to be difficult is she going to get like reverse yeah surgeries? she's like skinny now like she got shaved down she, <laughs> okay literally well. or the bbl just got <laughs> Yeah, they just sucked that out. Yeah. Um, oh, Those so, have a shelf life anyway. It's you fine. know, there was an article about her a, a couple months ago that was talking about how she's becoming a white girl now. Oh, yeah, she was, she's like, becoming Caucasian. Yeah. Or whatever. So uh-huh. she's like transitioning away from like the BBLs and the like Afro uh, appropriation hmm. and into something more, you know, Scandinavian. But yeah. You know, sure. I mean, you know, Red Scare has been on this tip for a few years now. I'm not surprised to see, you know, the Dime Square milieu finally hitting the mainstream. <sighs> I mean, if hip slung nonsense is back, yeah, it's skinny bitches all the way around. Yeah, yeah. I've been seeing a lot of bell-bottom leggings. Have you noticed this? Bell-bottom Have leggings. you seen this, folks? You notice this? Those are just those, like, yoga pants that had the flares Yeah, but in they're the flared on the bottom. Yeah. It's no, gross. That was thing. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah, it's gross. It's all gross. Yeah. But yeah, so, you know, how do you feel about that? I mean, you're getting skinny. I'm trying not to get skinny. I'm trying to get big. You're trying to get, yeah, you're trying to get toned and kind of ripped, huh? But that's always good for men. That never goes out of fashion. Yeah. I I mean, I don't think there's ever been a time when looking like a twink was a positive attribute. No, that's not good. Nobody likes that. I did try on several pants because I had a, instead of like, you know, sleeping, I woke up early one day and had a full meltdown and started throwing all of my clothes away. Really? Like, you yeah. could really use a purge like that. I yeah, I, I mean, I filled a bag. And bins of clothes that we're you down have. to one bin. Really? Okay. And some underbed things with suits. All right. I well, put that's suits and some sweatshirts. You know what? That's progress. Yeah. I threw out all the extra smalls. There's no extra smalls. I can't believe there ever was. There was because I was. At you know, what point in time? I had a small frame. 
That is not true. <laughs> Listen, I mean, Up when top? I, yeah, you know, hey, back in our undergrad and grad days, you know, you were you were a chonky boy. You were eating an awful lot of Chipotle. In my yeah, in my fourth year of undergrad, when I was severely depressed, I was slamming Chipotle burritos three times a so week. So this is what I'm asking. I've known you since then, and I don't think I can ever think of a time yeah, when I got were, skinny first year of grad school. No eating. Extra small involved. No eating. Yeah. Those were extra small days. Okay, well, you got rid of the extra smalls. Uh-huh. You do realize that this is just autist talk for you, by the way. I know. And I'm much kinder about indulging it. Yeah, because, it, see, we can do this back and forth banter about it. Mm. Um, I can't do anything with, you know, truck building. Um, well, maybe you should learn the difference between an early production tiger and a late production tiger. Or perhaps the difference between um, a king tiger. Are they both great? Ugh. All right, nope. never mind. Back nope. to close. <laughs> no, but I, no, I just had a note of like skinny bitches is back, and I said no, uh, that can't be right. Um, no, I think it's probably right, which is fine. I mean, you know, also like the as, cycles are wild right as now. a cultural reaction to just like you know obese people in ads. I think it was inevitable. I think it's also like, hey, everyone's about to be pavo real soon. It's cute to be skinny. Oh, you think that they're like they're getting ahead of this one? Yeah, you know, because in in England there was ads like, hey, do you need that third meal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah, the euros. I real mean, the euro pores. They're 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 getting ready for winter, where they're going to have some serious problems because of Russia. Whereas here, we're like winter. Where? Excuse me. Yeah, and winter's never coming here. It is so humid here, and it is hot here. Oh, the radiators went on the other night. No, I said why. Oh, I was like, yeah, great. Radiators on, windows open. My favorite time of year. I mean, that's nice, but not yet. Let's be honest. It I was mean, the cold night, and I was like, okay. When fine. we got back here, I was like, oh, the temperature is actually really not that much different, but it is seriously swamp ass. Here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I'm really bummed because I can't wear my jacket yet. I took it out for a spin the other night because I had a nice dinner party, but it was too warm. It's for too it. heavy. No. What? No. Yeah. And I also realized I don't really want to wear it that much here because I was wearing it on the subway and I was like, this is disgusting. This is repulsive. These I, I was stand I was sitting on the subway bench and the man in front of me had an open solo cup of Kool-Aid. Oh no. And he was holding it by the top, <gasps> like that meme of J- Jonah Hill dropping his iced coffee. Yeah. And he was over me with it. And I was like, I cannot, cannot buy stand. this. Yeah. This will not stand. I can't wear this jacket anymore. I can't I can't wear it around people here. People here are fucking animals. Well, you know, I am totally I was saying this the other night. I'm totally the guy that's like, yeah, I went to Europe once and now I'm like very pretentious about it. And I don't I don't like America anymore so much. Well, it's gross. Even though we were all USA while we were over there and I was like missing it and nostalgic for it. Then I got back here and I was like, no, this place is dumb. Yeah, I, I don't like, like Canada's it. the move, which is unfortunate. No, no. no Canada's worse. the worst country. Yeah. Canada's by far the worst country. Yeah. I would rather I would rather live in Honduras. Than Canada. I'm not kidding. I would rather live in a Uyghur concentration camp in Western China oh, okay. than live in fucking Canada. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the more I, think I think Canada and Germany worst countries. Hmm? Germany. Yeah, it's cold there. It's lovely. Mm, that's nah, not enough. No, they're draconian about all of their, mm. you know, all their stuff. Yeah, that's why I kind of liked Britain. Britain was pretty cool. It was pretty chill there. I, I could see you in Britain. Yeah, it would kill me. I don't think so. I think you would get used to it and yeah. you'd be fortified against it after a while. If you got That's into true. a regimen of going to the gym over there and just living a normal life, you'd only be going to the pub, you know, every other day. Yeah. And that would be fine. And the pub is not the worst part. 
What do you mean, though? The early drinking is fine. It's uh-huh. the late drinking. That's the bad Well, you wouldn't be doing that. I wouldn't so be much. doing the late drinking. Yeah. I don't like the late drinking. You wouldn't be doing it. Yeah. Even though you were the one that instigated it. Yes, I did. You know. Well, Pringles rules, baby. Once you pop. <laughs> um, no, I think you could lean into that culture. and uh, Yeah, I could see you over there. You know, I was looking at a... I, I watched a lecture last night about an archaeologist that had to reconstruct Francis Bacon's studio. Oh, boy. I'm not even interested in Francis Bacon. I don't yeah, care about why, it. Yeah. I just, I don't know why I came across that. I think something's going, oh, somebody that I follow on Instagram was in Dublin, like visiting where they moved it to. Oh. But his studio was in London. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I just went to London. Like, where was this? We didn't go to that neighborhood at all. What neighborhood? I can't remember the name of the neighborhood, but the, That's the helpful. address okay. is uh, 7 uh, Mies Ruse. Huh. That's the name of the road. But it was it was way to the west of where we were. West London. Yeah. Hmm. The West End? Yeah. But anyway, this archaeologist, it was very interesting. I was like, I actually think I should be an archaeologist. It's a good mix of autism and like creativity. Sure. Where they're like, we have to get archaeologists in here to move all this crap because to us it's just crap. Yeah. So we need someone that can sort through and see all the patterns. And one of the things he was saying Mm -hmm. I found interesting was that it's actually a really orderly space, even though it appears chaotic. Like it's just sloppy. It's not everything disordered. to the right is paint materials. Everything to the left is source materials, and then like all the painting, made paintings and easel and stuff are in the middle, yeah, where the skylight is. And I was like, oh yeah. And he was like, so it was actually like pretty easy to do this because yeah. it was basically like three sections, and then you just give everything a number, yeah, and you make drawings of where it is, and then you relocate it. I mean, I think that's all studios, though. You're just like, yeah. here's my mess area. Here's my clean area. Here's where stuff goes. Here, like, I only lose stuff if I forget that I left something to, you know, in the work area. I'm like, where is that? And then it's just, like, on a pedestal in the corner, and I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Oops. I mean, you have a Francis Bacon-esque studio. You just have less in there. I always found when I was using your studio that it was a bit... Uh, disheveled? Yes. yes. Yeah. Incredibly disheveled and not uh, ordered in a utilitarian way. No. No. I mean, there are times when I can't even find shit in there. I'm like, oops. There's one I where I thought I put it. Um, but I have like, you know, it's all just... we. When you work in like batches, you're like, that's the setup that I'm using for this particular yeah, stretch. Yeah, sure, sure. And then you just fold that away and you have a crazy cleaning day. And then you're like, shit, now I really can't find anything because I put it away from the last place that I had it. That's a big problem in a disorderly space is the moment you start putting things away. Ooh, terrible. You're yeah. going to lose everything. Yeah. I did. Uh, I used the sawhorses and made a little table. Like, these are the five. Okay. Leave it all here. The five? Five colors or whatever. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah, yeah. I thought you were referring to the Fox News program, the five. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Um, you're better off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what was your second note? We talked about skinny. Well, yeah. It, this is a good transition. Uh, Shelly just wrote a review of the a new Mondrian um, biography. A book? Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know it, nothing about Mondrian's biography, I have to say. Well, this is the thing. This bi- this new one apparently flips it flips the like mystique around him on its head, which is kind of nice. Because, um, you know, the whole idea is like, he's aesthetic. As- aesthetic. Ascetic? Ascetic, yeah. yeah whatever. Um, you know, didn't really like, wasn't didn't really have a life, was just really... Mm. And it's like, no, by all accounts, pretty jovial guy, really social, like, you know... Um, all the expat painter people who 
ended up in New York were always more social. Like, think about Duchamp being like, I'm a party guy. Well, that's what I was going to say. The one fact I do know is that he moved to New York at some point. Yeah. It does seem like European expats in the New York like social scene of that time. They do well. Would have been very friendly people for the most part. Yeah. There's this quote that I really like. Um, I also think the Dutch just have a reputation for being icy that um, might not be totally true. No. You know? Get them a little drunk and they're fun. Yeah. Um, so there's this one quote that I was like, huh, I don't know how to feel about this. Uh, Sufer, in the 1956 biography, cast the artist as an ascetic who did not relish the company of friends, behaved strangely towards women, is obsessively focused on a strict and geometric attitude to art and life. And I was like, just say gay. You know, like that's what that means. Um, but then uh, later they're like, oh no, he fucked. He just didn't want to talk about it. And I was like, okay, that's funny. Um, and then this other story is, um, it sounded kind of incel-y to me. I it, mean, you yeah. read it really fast, but I wouldn't have pegged him as gay. I would have said, oh, he had like a weird fixation on women and he was like a weird uptight guy. He was probably like a little frustrated. Oh no, no, no. Apparently he, be, he, be, he be fucking, but he was like, sex is fun when you're having it, but I don't want to think about it. I'm like, okay, well, hmm. literally a paraphrasing of a quote of his because a journalist lady was trying to like get in them pants. And he was like, yeah, this is fun, but you're boring. Oh. And I was like, lie him. <laughs> um, uh, then there's this other story where he's like during a thing at like Peggy Guggenheim's like first gallery before the Guggenheim, right? Um, and she's like, isn't this awful? That's not painting. And it's it's a spoiler alert. It's a Pollock. Oh. And Mondrian's like, I'm trying to understand what's happening. I think it's the most interesting thing I've seen so far in America. And it's a Pollock from 42. And she's like, Peggy Guggenheim goes, you can't compare this in the way you paint. And he replies, the way I paint and the way I think are two different things. And then she comes back to talk to other jurors. And she's like, isn't this Pollock the most exciting thing? I'm like, okay, so dealers be dealing even back in the day. Yeah. But like, what do you think of this idea? The way I paint and the way I think are two different things. I feel like we were conditioned like, no, the way you paint and the way you think have to be the same. No, I. It, this is very funny that you mentioned And I'm this. like, Mondrian's kind of right. I was having this uh, debate the other night um, because the, the topic of like, is, is your painting just like an extension of your thinking or is it like some in some sense identical with your thought process came up. And, and I was, admittedly, I was being a little bit trolly and contrarian just to keep the conversation going. But I was coming down nature, yeah. firmly on the side of like, no, I actually don't think that my paintings are like that revealing about me or anything. Yeah. Like, uh, of course, yeah, you're always bit, but... going to be like the center of gravity for a, an individual like creative endeavor. There's no escaping that. I'll totally cop to that. But no, I don't. I think that the way that I think and the way that I paint are definitely different. Mm. I don't know how to, I mean, yeah, I was trying to figure out like, how true is that? Like, I don't know. Like, again, I don't think they have to be distinctive to the point where y you would say they're entirely compartmentalized or anything, but I I don't think from the Mondrian quote that that's what he meant either. I just think that, you know, you can definitely, the reason I think this comes up between me and other painters often is that I, I, at risk of sounding like kind of cringe and reductive, like, I think of myself more as like a conceptual artist that happens to make paintings than I do as a painter's painter. You know, I think people that are like into touch and into the romance of painting, like truly do think of like their intuition as like this somehow this extension of their like, you know, bohemian existence or whatever. Whereas I very much reject that. Like I'm into modeling fucking tanks. 
I actually right. like that like almost more than making art. It's just that I can also think in this like parallel language that is in a different way fascinating to me. Right. You know, well, I take ideas and design them and then make them into paintings. I don't so much like make paintings organically. Right. Which but, I think uh, right there lends itself to the idea that thinking and making art are like separate. Yeah, I they kind of are, but also like the you know, there's two ways to use turn the phrase the way you paint, right? Um the way you paint is about like thinking about images, right? Like, you know, but you know, when you think about like the applique, you know, you could say that that's fairly, you know, anonymized. But it is very delicate and you're working tabletop and it is that kind of like almost watercolor kind of like thinking about layering and building and you're you, you know you think you think in the way of how the layers on you know the onion unravels yeah i mean i think that i think that there's incidentally like painterly concerns and like concerns of virtuosity that you just have to deal with when you're like making something in material like that but um i arrived at that like aesthetic or that process and using it frequently because it sort of met my conceptual aims, not really because I liked it or anything. Right. You know, like, um, basically it came out of looking at a lot of those Jasper Johns, like ink on plastic drawings and a lot right. of David Reed and like liking this idea that you could make something that was like, um, in between, uh, legibility and not like the architecture of a photograph is the thing that keeps it hanging together. But really it's just these like abstract, uh, you know symbols of brushwork they look almost cartoony in yeah that way. so it, it was all arrived at by like thinking about all these separate things and then finding the thing that combined them like yeah i'll grant that that process was somewhat organic like i remember the first painting i made in that way and being like that's it i'm gonna use that a lot mm-hmm. it was sort of accidental the first time yeah but after that it's like very contrived it's not like but it's also still like flatness is the king yeah, well, extent, and it, yeah. I mean, again, it also just has this thing of like, it's sort of like looking at a puddle or it's like, I don't know, it, it has this tension between rigidity and fluidity, like it accomplishes a lot of goals. It's right. not a thing I do because it's aesthetically pleasing. I'm not even sure that it looks good. Mm-hmm. Like lately, I've actually kind of come to that where I was telling you about this when we were in Europe. I'm a, lo- a lot more interested when I pick up this new studio of exploring materially and technically like diverse situations mm-hmm. because I have, I, I'm starting to feel like the plasticity of that technique is really limiting. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what that says. I yeah. mean, but, that, but that's just like, again, this is a goal based thinking. Like right. it's not doing what I want anymore. So what do I want? How do I determine that? And then what does that look like? Yeah. That's, that's a thought process for sure, but that's not a, that's not an intuitive process. Right. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Which is maybe a separate issue from our thinking and painting the same. I don't know. Yeah. I Am I thinking through painting? Probably. That's, yeah. That's you know? yeah. I mean, but that's a different thing. Like there are some. I I think what you're describing is bristling against of like no, like the way you think, like your being in the world has to be mirrored in the way you schmushies the the schmush, you know. And it's like, oh fuck no. I mean, I am clumsy and dumb, but like. And that's accident in real life. You know, I'm a well-rehearsed clumsy and dumb when I get a brush in my hand. Right. That's a fucking maestro of bullshit. Or not bullshit, but just like, oh, you want a lump? I want a lumpy line. I know how to fucking... I can flick that out. No problem. Yeah. Like, 
That's with all the grace of a like jazz ballerina or something. Right. That's not how I live my life. Right, right, right. Yeah. I, I mean, hate disorder. Are you fucking kidding me? Well, you, yeah, you're right to point out that distinction that like, I mean, how did you just say it a second ago? It was so well put. A ballerina of what? No, no, no. Not about not about yourself, but about the like concept in general. Like what I am bucking against is that like my nature, the nature of my The nature being, of your being is not the way that you either smush things around or handle, you know, ideas. Because it's not. And yeah. that's what I respond to in the Manjaran quote. I think right. that's what he meant. That's what that. he meant. But yeah. in, in the way that like, you know, that can be relayed. Right. Um, and I, I just, I don't know. I just think that's funny. It's like, because when he's like, you know, looking at an early Pollock, he's like, no, that's good shit. You're just dumb. He's like, I think about painting a lot, you know, and he described like in this uh, article, Peter relays this quote where he thinks of his painting as fast. And I'm like, huh. Yeah, it is fast painting. Never really thought of it that way. Really? Yeah. I mean, in terms of its gestalt, like its impact is... Is Im- instant, yeah. Is all speed. There's no... I mean, I think from a vantage point, like a hundred years after those paintings are made, you can look at them and kind of obsess over, oh, look, he didn't use tape and there's like all this brushwork. But yeah. that's just because that's how paintings were made at the time. Yeah. I think especially at the time, they would have seemed like practically silkscreen. This is why I love the like, yeah, like the one, the tapey ones where it's like still just tape or whatever. Yeah. Like the one, uh, did the Pompey do one have tape on it still? The New York? Painting? No, I don't think so. It looked it. Um, But, you know. Well, it's because all the sections it's are like kind of raised yeah. because they're like gone over a bunch of times to yeah. get that level of flatness and stuff. I mean, it was just like, you know, industrial processes hadn't been incorporated into painting so much at that time. It was still that very right. European thing of like, we're doing this with a sable brush no matter what, because that's all we know how to do. That's what we got. Yeah. It, you know, yeah. we had this conversation a lot in Europe, but it was like the Americans that finally figured out that you could just jettison all the pretense about being fussy about painting. Right. And just like do it like a really like immediate raw way warhol and rauschenberg with silk screens jules olitsky with a spray gun like people just figured out you just get over it but they didn't have that no but in terms of the speed i i do think that mondrian's paintings are fast yeah yeah i think they're all about speed i just never thought about it in that way i was like oh good call like the tilt like he arrived at the 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 diamond yeah just by carrying a painting in the studio and he's like oh no that looks better that way that's the one i'm like what we all been dumb. I mean, like, that's the thing. It's like, you know. It's just like a cheat to make something more dynamic. Like, I, I've oh, constructed is, yeah. a rule set where I can't use diagonal lines. So, so I've, like, oopsies. figured out yeah. how to do it yeah. by just turning it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that sounds interesting. I've, I've never really read any artist biographies. I mean, I think I've read I read Basquiat's and, like, in, in the front of catalogs when they do, like, they biographical do sh- things. Yeah. I am interested in it. I do yeah. look at them. But, um. You know, I don't know how interested I'd be to sit down and read that whole thing. Well, I that's d- why I wanted, I was like, ooh, a Shelley art. Yeah. Because like, he's, you know, a little more, because he, he did the comparison of like, listen, there's two titans of, you know, modernism. You have Picasso and you have Mondrian. Mondrian, you don't wow, think. Wow, that's an interesting setup. You don't think of yeah. because, you know, there's not the sheer, you know, we, we don't have any plates. Um, and I don't mean lithographic plates. I mean decorative chintzy plates. Well, Sheldahl's doing a really classic thing there where what he's setting up is the romanticist, classicist, like, dialectic with Mondrian and Picasso. That's a weird pairing to me because Picasso's so diverse. He has classicist 
periods and oh, stuff. Oh yeah, but but in general, I think you could say like the the, the looseness and the like organic feeling and the like um, macho heroism of a lot of Picasso does well, contrast thing- nicely with. Pic- yeah dish style classicism yeah but picasso's whole thing was like a mark on a empty canvas is a figure like his whole thing was like mm-hmm. figuration is inescapable right right and you know Mondrian's like oh no i can fully defigure this shit right so that is those are two key capstones of modernism that's interesting is that your idea or is that how shell that's Shelley. Shell that's a good idea and i'm yeah. like good job the old man's that old bastard not dead yet still got good ideas mm-hmm um yeah we've been living through an extended period of this picasso idea that like figuration is inescapable like even abstract painting of the last 30 years is never truly like divorced mm-hmm. from reference yeah it's very strange because you know we've been through a lot of like ebbs and flows at this point like you know zombie formalism and you know there's been this like art fair cyclical thing of abstraction versus figuration but basically everybody believes that picasso thing i, th- I can't even think of like a living artist that really is committed to like true abstraction in the way that like Ellsworth Kelly was until the end of his life or like Mondrian was like the nobody's like Ellsworth Kelly was always painting or drawing plants though so like all those shapes are always well he was never free of reference exactly but like you know we saw those like couple of late Kelly's at the Pompidou like that were from Matthew Marks or whatever it's like those relative to like what most people are doing now are pretty far in stark in the direction of like reference lessness but then that's just you know a figure in the expanded wall you know like uh, like the lozenge ones are just like it's a blob on the wall you know well maybe it's not so much a matter of like what people are actually doing just so much as how it's framed right because everything is identity based for the Mm. last two decades like it's sort of inescapable that everybody needs to find a figure and like paintings have to be about stuff do they you know and aboutness is like always just this fundamental like narcissism it's always wow. either like the critic or the viewer like trying to find them themselves like mirrored in something or the artist like trauma dumping mm. you know whatever like you really garbage bring, they didn't work out in therapy bringing back the bard subject jesus christ okay well yeah because i mean like to me like that's if there is a part of like my painting that connects to my being it's something i'm not aware of and it should stay that way the the main reason I reject the idea that like your mode of being or like your mode of thinking and your mode of painting are like in some way self identical, um, is because that would presume that you know everything about yourself, which I don't, and yeah. you shouldn't. I also think like, where's the mystery in that? Well, you know, like there's the... no good in, there's no good intuition if you're like aware. He, well, here's the thing. I I think alternatively that like it's more. <sighs> The real work is being human, right? And if you're tying your humanness to the work that you do in the studio, you're kind of an empty shell of a person. Like, you're not really doing anything. You're not sensitive to the world. It's it's become a trope stylistically. Oh, artists are so sensitive, so you just right. lean into that. And it's like, no, maybe being sensitive is just being open to, like, feeling in the world. And then your job is to synthesize that but be critical of it at the same time. So you shouldn't be trying to develop personhood and studiohood at the same time and be inextricably linked because that's just uh an ouroboros shit show yeah yeah i uh does that make sense it does make sense except that i would invert the very beginning of what you said the you said the real work is like being a human i would say that being a human isn't work well 
you shouldn't pathologize like every aspect of your life in terms of labor or in terms of hustle or whatever you want no, to not say. That. No, but it's, it's like, the problem I it's have. It's the project, let's say. Sure, but it's the problem I have when people say like something like emotional labor, right? Like it's not emotional labor to like you know to help somebody out that's grieving or to like just be a good friend in a situation right the, the idea that you would come along and like put up a barrier and say oh i'm actually at my limit or whatever the idea that you've like marketized <laughs> i'm sorry is there anyone else you can reach yeah. out to i'm really at my threshold the idea that you have like uh compartmentalized and like internalized like basically like market efficiency systems into your own being is yeah. a very bad thing so it, it, that's I, just hyper capital yeah. i agree with your fundamental point though that like the idea of just ch- trying to exist and like live a fulfilled life um is is the project Right. And if your art fits into that, it fits into that or not. Well, no, it, it's it, like just not that important. It's not, it's not about, yeah, it's not about that, but it is like, that is a separate thing. Like, it, yeah. you know, art is a philosophical task, right? Living is its own philosophical task. Like, or that's its own struggle, right? Like you have to do that for yourself. That's not for anyone else. Art is for other people ostensibly if you're just doing art therapy for yourself, what are we doing? Like, I don't really need to see that quite frankly. Like, figure that out if if that that work helps you on your personhood work great but then it's not for anyone else but you and as such devalued in my mind but you know who am i um you know like you're trying to get to some kind of you know you know archaeological dig towards you know humanity with a capital h not your own humanness lowercase right yeah agreed and the real project of being, capital B, is, you know, interrogating your humanness, not humanity. Right. Yeah. Very, very well said. Yes, exactly. Like, split the difference and figure it out. Like, because one can't fix the other. Right. You know. Yeah. Uh, like, a, a good illustration of this that's very related to this conversation is one of the reasons I'm not interested in arg- artist biographies is that I find the lower lowercase h humanness of artists frankly pretty boring i don't think that many of them are that interesting of people uh ellsworth kelly it's what they say about humanity with a capital h that i find interesting but like i can see their paintings so i already know that right i don't really need to know like the the intricate details of what they were up to no i don't really care what parties they were going to or whatever no it doesn't matter because at the end of the day that's really all it was and and whatever sense of humanness that they had was basically a private endeavor that was between them and their loved ones that died with them i mean you're just not going to know it you know that's for you and your god to figure out that's not my problem as a viewer okay yeah shit well cool i'm glad we got a little art chat in yes that was nice yeah i also was like oh madrian huh interesting yeah, Mondrian's an interesting artist to think about because it's uh, one of these guys that there's nothing you can do with it. But everybody did something with it like in, I, the, in the day. I always like painters that are so definitive that you can't be a Mondrian acolyte because you would just be doing that. What are you that. doing that? Yeah. So like Max Bill just did that and then uh, Theo Van, Theo Van Do- Dorsborg yeah, 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 yeah. just did that. He was younger and was like, I like this. I want to do it. And it's like, yeah, you kind of suck at it though. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't suck at it, but you know when it's a knockoff. Um, Max Bill, you're like whatever, dude. I mean, you know, and they and they have their own hits, and they're better designers, ways, but they will always be minor. Yes, you know. Yeah. All right. Cool. 
Okay. All right, good talk. Onward to the after show. All right.